Um, today I have the awesome, awesome adventure of interviewing Michelle de Swart, such a fantastic human being, such a fantastic woman, and we talk comedy and drama and acting and authenticity and Botox and modeling and you know how when it gets really good then sometimes you get so busy and the anxiety piles up you know so you know we can spend so long waiting to get there what do you do when you're there a bit like all those movies you know they 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 just show the couple getting together they don't show how did that couple become a really good relationship over time you know so it's really fantastic talking to her and Gloria Steinem and visiting Gloria's house such a wonderful authentic woman I was very very lucky because I went to see Michelle do her stand-up in Brighton she opened brilliantly in Brighton and I was blown away it was like a it was like a thunderbolt because she was so embodied and powerful and there and cool and fantastic and vulnerable and open and, and, and real and I thought, oh my God, you're the best thing ever. And uh, being the cheeky, cheeky person that I am, I wrote to her and said, I'm blown away by you. I do a podcast. Would you consider being interviewed by me? And what a generous being, because she's literally chocker at the moment with Press for the Baby on HBO coming out in June. Amazing show. Um, and writing uh, another show for herself that she's starring in and writing and then doing stand-up at night so very very generous woman that she fitted me in as well into her busy life so um, I hope you really enjoy it it was just brilliant and enlightening and full of interesting diverse things about you know is it still the lighter black people that get the roles in telly do the darker black people get the same opportunities or you know compassion for women who've been through difficult times or how do we navigate different places in life you know so um and also botox doesn't last i know this probably is known by lots of people but i didn't know all this stuff so yeah i loved it she was amazing she is amazing and i wish her so much success thanks wishing you all love so welcome, Michelle. Hello. So, hello. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to hear. I, I, um, I am cheeky, cheeky as all out. And I, I approached you, Michelle, because I saw you gig in Brighton. And I just adored your absolute no waste of space comedy, right? It was like, boom, boom, hit the note, hit the note, hit the note, hit the note. And I also adored I've just been listening to you talk about fashion with Kiri and uh, McLean Pritchard. And I just adored also you were in jeans, tall woman. Just you took to me, you took space. You, 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 you were in your space. And I'm like, oh, my God, like being hit by a tornado. I'm like, oh, the woman is on fire. So thank I just want to you. say thank you because I wrote to you and you wrote straight back and agreed to be interviewed. I'm just very grateful. You know, very grateful. Listen, the ple- the pleasure's all mine, and um, I get asked to do a few podcasts over uh, Instagram direct messages, and everyone's really surprised when I write back and say, "Yeah, go on then." If I've got time, I'll do it, and especially, um, yeah, you know, especially if it's a woman. So, well, you know, my pleasure. I'm so grateful to you. It means so much, and I, you know, listening to you, you know, you 
you've also done like a series on on vice and you've done series also with Gloria Steinem. I know. Can you oh imagine? Oh my goodness. Yeah. What was that like? It was amazing. Oh she my was, goodness. She was our producer for a series called Woman on Vice. Yeah. And um, the highlight was after the end of the series, um, which got nominated for an Emmy. And I can't remember if it was before the end. or. But anyway, we got to go to her house and it was like one of the best days of my life. What was that like? It was amazing. And her house is so great. And like, it's such an eclectic mix of all of her travels and her time spent on the earth. And she's so generous with her space. And it was just so nice to see a woman of that stature and that age just being so transparent and so um, welcoming and letting you sort of see what her lifestyle was like. And what, what I loved about it is that she had this tiny kitchen um, in this flat. Uh, on the Upper East Side and she was she said that she never cooks and she's got no interest in it and I just thought it was so funny it was just so nice you know what I mean she was so I I, I can't lie I was in her bathroom just like looking at all of her skin products and stuff and I told her after I was like I saw some hair in your brush and I thought I'm gonna have that and she went don't you dare I need it (laughs) that is just so awesome and you know what it speaks to it's really inspiring because it's like it speaks to so much, you know, we've only got so much energy and it's like, where do you put it? And she put yeah. it into what she put it into. She didn't put it into cooking. She put it into her life. But also it speaks to, you know, there's vulnerability is a superpower, right? Being yeah. open, being transparent, which I really experienced with you. It's a superpower that it takes people quite a bit to get to because understandably we come from a world where you've got to protect, you've got to hide. And like to hear that you, she let you in, you experienced her home, you see, yeah. you see her world. Yeah. And all of her photographs and stuff. She was just so welcoming. She let us all ask questions. She let us all take pictures. We sat in a circle. We had a good chat. Um, and what I loved about it was I think it got to about midnight and then she was like, right, that's it. Bye. And I was like, oh, boundaries. Peach. Yeah. She was like, and now I'm done. Everyone can piss off. Can I swear? Yeah, 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 totally. She was like, everyone can piss off now. I was like, I just loved her even more. I love it. (laughs) Make me want to stay. (laughs) I love it because this is the thing, right? It's a bit like relationships, marriage, or even being a woman or even being a woman of color. And it's like, if people, how do you do that? How do you be who you be? And if you have someone who can model vulnerability, openness, sharing, kindness, hope and heartedness, and the boundaries, it's like, I know what to do. There's the right. map. There's the it's map. so important, isn't it? And Incredible. it takes so long Incredible. to be able to learn That's right. to do that in a yes. way that doesn't make you feel bad for doing it. And it's That's like, right. if you want to give your best, you, right. you need time to recoup. Otherwise, you end up making yourself sort of so accommodating that you no longer exist. That's right. It's a very special to have your energy. And part of that is knowing your limits, isn't it? Yeah, I've been really lucky to be around some really amazing women that have shown me how to do that. Like Catherine Ryan's another great example. I love you in the Duchess. I love her and the du- I love that show. It's so well written. How what how did you two obviously maybe it was on 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 comedy uh, nights? So how how did you yeah. connect? How did you so actually- I met Catherine like a decade ago and yeah. uh, my agent at the time, I was in Edinburgh. And she took me to go and see her show. And I was ah. doing a TV show. 
I was in development with a TV show on Channel 4, which got axed like in the middle oh. of the series because, to be honest, it was kind of crud. But anyway, ah. um, you live and you learn, right? So, so we you, were... you were getting into telly pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, the thing is, right, is I had a I was living in New York. I was modelling and I was doing TV presenting and I was just getting ah. into stand up. But I had like a bit of buzz about me. And ah. it was at a time where sort of TV were trying to tick a lot of boxes. And um, and and I say that because it's important that we're inclusive, but it's important that you put the right people in the right jobs at the right time. Right. I get and, it. Um, I, so, you know, I so it. so anyway, so we were so we were looking around and I was taking um, I, I was being taken to shows. It was my first time in Edinburgh. I'd seen Catherine. I absolutely fell in love with her and I really wanted her on the show. And she was on the ah. show. And she was great. And it was kind of at the beginning of her TV career. Which show was that? It was called The Dirty Digest and it was on Channel 4, right? Yeah. And it was like a topical celebrity news show. Okay. And um, and so it was on, got axed, but absolutely massive fan of hers. So I go back to New York. Um, I sort of like, you know, the career that I thought I was going to have in London absolutely crumbled. I went back to New York and I thought a really good producer at the time, actually, called Jack Bales, sat me down and he was like, you know what, Michelle, there's two ways to go about this. You can do it the easy way, which is sort of like presenting or reading auto cue. But he was like, you're funny, but you're going to have to, you know, learn your craft. You can do it the hard way and it's going to be more rewarding for longer, but it's it's the scenic route, right? And I really took that on board. I was like, you know what, you're right. Because I'd done a bit of stand-up on TV, but I didn't have more than 10 minutes of stand-up. Do you know what I mean? I was I like, do. I don't I have... Do. And so yeah. it's kind of not fair what they do or were doing at that time as well, which is like, we need a woman. Oh, great, she's a woman That's of right. colour. We're going to put her on this show. That's and right. she's going to be next to seasoned comics, male white comics that have been doing it for 20, 30 years. And then you're going to wonder, why does this woman not seem that funny? And it's like, well, she's been doing it a fraction of the time. Really good. Right? Yeah. So I went back to New York and I continued to do stand up. I sort of renewed my model visa and started working for Vice and just kind of got good in private. Then I moved back here three years ago. And again, I'd kind of like napalm my life as it were. I was you know, just got divorced. I was like, oh, oh my God, I'm going to have to start again. Came back to London. But I was like, I am good at stand up at this point. Went and did the Edinburgh Fringe. Did the, oh, so funny. Catherine Ryan's texting me now. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. So, I love so that. Went I and love did, that. <clears throat> excuse me. Went and did the Edinburgh Fringe. Did a free show. It was okay. No one came because I didn't have any buzz about me. I hadn't been in the country. Left. The fringe was really like, what am I going to do now? I'm back in the country. I was staying at my sister's in my niece's old bedroom in a single bed, about to turn 40. And I was just like, for fuck's sake. And then I got this email from Catherine just being like, will you try out for the Duchess? I tried out on the Wednesday. I sent a tape in on a Wednesday. They called me back on the Monday. Before I'd even left the chemistry read and got on the tube at Farrington, Catherine had texted me and was like, they're going to offer you the part. And then like a week after that, I was on set. Oh my god! Oh How my amazing. god! I, I love that story. I know. I love that story, and it's so cool. I've been watching it, obviously, just you know, just been getting it. It's so cool. It's brilliant, tight, funny, yeah. dramatic. 
is lovely, a, lovely yeah. je- jeopardy and lovely tension, and but, yeah. the te- but it really works. All the tension, it's just, it's just funny, isn't it? I mean, she's she's an amazing writer, and what was so good about that, and why it's so important to have like you know just female allies, right? Is that mm. while I was on that show, she introduced me to her agent, and she was like, Michelle this is going to be your new agent. And I was like, I was so embarrassed. And I didn't end up signing with her agent, but I did sign with United. And she was really instrumental in that. And then after that, um, I got the baby. So, and, and then she put me on her um, backstage with Catherine Ryan. So I have to say, Catherine Ryan has been massively instrumental in um, you where know, I am right it, now. We need each other. We need each other. And, you know, I, I love... Uh, talking to people about their lives and you find that there were moments when somebody went alongside someone and helped yeah. right yeah. we ju- we just kind of we need those supports which reminds me you know in new york because i heard you interviewed about talking about women comics in the uk being slightly kind of apologetic and twee and an and american female i don't know i may be repeating you in the wrong way so just correct me but american women comics being bam 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 i don't know if you'd speak to that and so I wondered if, um, you know, you found that if that's something I'm repeating in the right way. And also there's other people like Gina Yashere who went to America and whether you got to know other women from the UK who went to America or, you know. I, I didn't. I've never met Gina Yashere ah. and I'm such a big fan and I wish I ah. had. And I uh-huh. think that, um, yeah, to, I guess, reiterate that point, I don't think that that stands as far as black female comics I think um in the UK so black, in the UK you I've, find I've, them more like I feel like I feel like yeah they take up a lot more space any, on stage. anyone you'd name because I know I mean I've, I think I think Judy Love I think Tanya Moore yeah um Athena yeah um yeah yeah that just spring to minds right yeah. um yeah. Annette Fagan yeah an absolute comedy force so, and I grew up watching Jeannie Yashere who is outstanding and amazing what, what I think what and in America across the board in what I found maybe I shouldn't say America but in New York which is primarily where I did stand up yeah um everything was a lot more mixed right so even in terms of I had a circle of female comics um uh, black female comics, just female comics of colour, right? And we would all gig together. Whereas here, it's a lot less likely to happen that we're going to cross paths. There's not as many of us here. And ah. and there's just not as many women on the circuit. And it's just kind of unusual that we'll be on the same night unless it's run by ah. a black woman. Do you know what I mean? I do. So, so you don't get the community. You don't get that support in the right. same way. Yeah, well, of you course. Did in, you did of, in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, we all know each other. Yeah. And we all support each other. But yeah. just our paths cross less. For me personally, that's what I found. That makes sense. Because I saw, I know Tom Ward and I know you were at the comedy store with Tom Ward, Dylan Moran, Rich Hall and Finn Taylor, but like all white guys. Like yeah, one, and and, one, and to one be honest, black woman. yeah, yeah, and to be honest, yeah, you know it. And it's interesting that night because I said to Tom, Tom was like, "Oh, were you open?" And I said, "Tom, I'm not being funny, but if I'm the only woman on this bill and I'm the only woman of color on this yeah. bill, then yeah. why am I doing heavy lifting for white season comics?" 
I don't want to open. Thanks. Oh someone my else God. So what happened? So Finn Taylor opened. I was like, good, 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 yeah. good, good. That's the shift, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like, because uh, you know, you know what I mean is like, do you know that it's, it's, that's right. no, no gift to open, a, you know, right. and, but for you to speak up and change that is when em- empowerment starts to change. But you're obviously not an easy gig because you're the only woman, the only woman of color. No, but you, you know but what? you spoke up for yourself. It was, it was, it was an easy gig and it was a pleasure to do. I love yeah. Tom. I love yeah. everyone on that bill. Yeah. But for me to feel yeah. at my most comfortable, exactly. I want to be with In an audience <laughs> that's already been warmed up. You and do. I just don't. But the exactly. thing is, it takes a while to be, to know that you are good enough that's it that you can hold your own in the middle of a lineup that's like right. that and that's, that and that takes right. time so now it I've been does. doing stand up for like a decade so I can say yeah do you know what uh, nah I don't want to open exactly. at the comedy store in this exactly. lineup are you crazy exactly. exactly someone else can let them exactly. warm them up they're great everyone's great exactly. let them do exactly. it exactly because that's the thing is you can be present and powerful and like a completely incredible lightning striker if all the ingredients are right. Uh, but yeah. that takes a lot of courage often, which obviously you have, you know, to speak to, no, 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 no. You know, you yeah. know to not comply, to not be compliant, to not do the kind of nice thing, you know, it takes courage sometimes to go, no, uh, place me right. Yeah, you don't want to be too accommodating and too no. grateful because what it does is no. when you go on stage, you want to make yourself big and you want to command attention. That's and right. If you start, if you start questioning yourself and um, sort of, you know, being like, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. When in your head, you've got an internal dialogue that's like, exactly. this isn't going to be the best set up for me. That's right. Then by the time you get on stage, you're already, you know, it, it affects your confidence. That's right. I mean, how are you so you? Is that, and I know I listened to another podcast where you, you know, your mom was in a refuge and that was really tough. And you had a tough time, obviously, with that. But how are you so like doing that and doing it so well? Is that your growth or is that models? of women around you or yeah. how did you find your, how are you so connected to your own voice and your own potential and your own freedom? I think that I thank you and it's a process and I don't yeah. wake up every day sort of punching the sky like a little car. Woo. Yes. Um, I've been in yeah. therapy for years. I yeah. Yeah. so used to sort of um, rely on a lot of escapism because I'd get overwhelmed with anxiety. Yeah. So um but something that I took for granted actually when I was growing up is that I was brought up by a bunch of really kick-ass women right so um and that didn't really do anything to rely on the male gaze too much they didn't do too much posturing for men right so my gran um is queer and she's been in a same-sex relationship my whole life and so I got to grow up with sort of two grandmothers um wow. my gran on my dad's side um had come from Jamaica and set up a whole life and bought a house and wow. you know raised a, a three children on her own um you know and um, my mom's side of the family are Jewish my dad's side are Jamaican and both have been led by 
these really strong matriarchs that wow. have not pussyfooted around the fact that, and I, I, I mean this in a way that basically you shouldn't rely on men. That doesn't mean that you can't be in a really nice relationship with men and, 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 you know, enjoy love and all things soft and comforting. But in terms of looking after yourself, you should probably look to um, your own uh, resources to make that happen. So that speaks to so much that at that level of free, you know, because your mom, to, uh, your grand to be queer, your grand to be queer. Yeah. And know, my grand I mean, sister, I've got quite a, my grand was cracking up the other day because I did an interview for the baby. And obviously that's, um, uh, you know, that that's about queer women. Right. And uh, I'd done an interview where I'd said, yeah, I grew up in a quite lesbian heavy family. And my grand and her wife sent me this voice note cracking up. I'm laughing but yeah so that but also I think being um like a pre-teen and then an early teen and living in women's aid was kind of a really interesting experience like obviously at the time I didn't like but I think for those like formative years as a woman to see so many examples of other women having to start again and having the courage to leave when they felt most vulnerable was you know, it did something to my brain, actually. What did, what did it do? Because it's so interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of people wouldn't leave. Not that people shouldn't leave. Like It's hard. You know, what did it do? Yeah, it's really hard to leave, you know, and society yeah. doesn't support people often who leave. So what did that do for you, witnessing all these different women and these all these differences? What do you feel I mean, it did? At, at the time, I was very hard on women I guess because mm. there was no male to blame I was mm. really kind of like man these women have made really bad choices and that's why we're all living in one big house with a bunch of different families and I hate it mm. until I got older mm. and made my and and ended up in those situations myself and was absolutely like how did this happen that I really understood that in so many instances we are the underdog right we're the underdog fiscally and society socially but because I'd grown up around really strong women and I've always been in quite um female led environments mm. I took it for granted to be honest and um yeah. at that time I held my mum quite accountable for our situation and I held uh the women that I was around accountable for that situation because there was no man to hold accountable. And yeah. I didn't have the sort of emotional knowledge to understand what was going on. You know, that, that makes so much sense, doesn't it? But what's so beautiful is like the way you're wording that sounds like you have so much compassion for your mom now and those women. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, just like, and yourself. Yeah. yeah, I think it wasn't until later in life that I ended up in a similar situation and I was like, how the fuck did this happen? Yeah. I, I literally was like, it, did, it, it, it blew my mind. I was like, wait, what? I couldn't yeah. even compute it or accept it because totally. I was in such denial totally. at what was happening. Yeah, because, of course, we're going to repeat what we repeat, what we know and repeat it till we till we don't aren't we? We're going to keep, we're going to go to the familiar. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go to the familiar because it seems comforting for sure. Yeah, but yeah. but also 
I think for me, there was a lack of understanding at yeah. how just vulnerable we are as women and how be careful, we know how really? careful we need to be. Yeah. And this is what's so beautiful. I just want to say thank you, you know, for your, your stand up, because you bring that, you know, that mixture of the vulnerability I, I just and the strength on stage. And I do think comedy, you know, most people will never go to therapy. Most people won't. But most yeah. people will watch comedy. I, I do think there is a kind of even most people won't go to the theatre. Yeah, not, not going to happen. But most people, a lot of people will watch comedy. So I do feel like and it's weird because in a way, there's some kind of protection for actors. You know, they get trained, they get the body trained, they get voice trained. There's even an idea for therapy for actors. I know that there's therapy for comics, actually, because the um, lovely Barry Ferns was setting up counselling. Oh, I love Barry. He's, he's I didn't know. I was like, yes. wait, there's therapy for comics. There is. I have no idea. But you know what? Barry's, there is. Ba- Barry Ferns is a really special soul, actually. Yes, spent, he is. I spent he some is. really nice times walking down canals yes. and chatting yes. with him. Yes. I'm a he's big am- fan. Yeah, me too. He's amazing. Yeah, he he's thought big style because often comics are going out there and uh, with no thought of their own energy or protection or what they need or or how they're going to manage this. And so what's beautiful about comedians is they are like when I saw you and you are that it makes sense. You have all these powerful women, but it also makes sense that you're able to speak to truths and vulnerability at the same time. Yeah. I mean, you know what about that with comedy is that it takes a while. Like there's stuff that I said early on in my career that I would never say now because I didn't know. I think when you first start, you're so thirsty for laughter that you'll do it by any means possible. And it takes you, you're processing your thoughts and beliefs in front of people. And so it's kind of a bit of a shame now when we're, um, held to such huge consequences for the things that we say as comics because sometimes what we said yesterday we wouldn't say today because we've processing it in front of people on a public you know in a public forum on stage right live and Mm -hmm. there's things that I said early on in my career before I realized the difference between people laughing because they're shocked and people laughing because something's actually funny and being thought about. So, you know, it's 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 quite a vulnerable place to be. And I think there should be space where a comic can kind of process what it is they're saying and also just like forgive themselves for jokes they said early on, because, you know, you do you, you do the best you can with the knowledge that you have at the time. I think that's such a beautiful thing that you're speaking to. And I think maybe this is even coming because, you know, I don't know if you listen to Mark Maron's podcast. I or do. Anything. I love him. Yeah. I have done for years. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and he interviews this guy, does the history of comedy and, uh, you know, consequences and accountability for what we say and how Mae West went to jail. Lots of comics went to, you know, yeah. prior went to jail. A lot mm-hmm. of, you know, people complain about not being able to say stuff. And this, this historian, I don't know if you heard that one was like, you do not know what it was like. People, yes. people went to prison for stand-up yes. comedy. Yes. And, and you know what, actually, it's interesting you talk about Mark Maron because I really like his take on the pushback at the moment, which is primarily coming from like white male comics about you can't say anything anymore. And it's like you can. And your job is to rise to the occasion. Right. And so 
I, like a woman came up to me the other day after a gig and I'd mentioned suicide, right? And I said that, you know, basically anxiety is like depression, but with energy, you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning, you're like, I want to kill myself. And you've got oh, that in your yes. step. And uh, she came up to me after and she said, I'm really upset that you said that oh. because um, my, I think her son had attempted oh. suicide. And I said, I'm really sorry that you were offended. Um, I didn't mean to upset you. I'm not going to take it out of my set because I don't feel like it's that specific. And I haven't had enough people coming up to me saying what you're saying, but I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to double down and be like, yeah, well, this is part, look, everyone's different. But I do think that there's things that I said when I was younger that I wouldn't say now. And I think it's okay to review some of your opinions and realise that they might need updating. And I think also it's not necessarily a bad thing when people say that they're upset and offended to just take it on board. I don't think it means that you have to change your set necessarily, but... I do think it's worth listening to. I think that's beautiful because it's adulting, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm not going to suddenly shrink away and go, oh, I'm so bad, but I'm going to listen to you. So I can be me, you can be you, there can be dialogue and I'll think about it. Like he spoke to, you know, with, the, with certain jokes he's made over the past, exactly. And he has these debates now and or talks about it, you know, and he interviewed George Clooney and I, I really loved this because George Clooney was talking about standing up for people in, in Syria and uh, Mark Maron was, was speaking to, you know, how this or that and the other was hard. And he was saying it's much harder for loads of other people. I'm just trying to do my bit for people right. I can do a bit for. And I yeah. thought, yeah, you know, and you talk about privilege and I thought, yeah, people who are aware talk about, yeah, I have that privilege or that privilege and or this person have this or that. and so, you know, we can we can work with this. I, I know where, you know, what I can do. I know what I can't do. And yeah. that's what I'm hearing is like, I'm not going to demean myself, but I'm going to listen to you. Right. And I don't mind like, you know, in terms of a human coming up to me and saying that really upset me. I can say I'm, I'm really sorry that you was upset. Yeah. I'm taking it out of my set, but yeah. I'm sorry that you were upset. Because you know, genuinely. That's beautiful, though, isn't it? Because then that's human to human person to person or whatever we like to say you know that we yeah. can all exist yeah and the yeah. comic and the com- I loved what you said about the comic can exist and the comic can make mistakes otherwise how does anyone grow yeah yeah I think you know like um you know like with Kevin Hart a few years ago where they were like pulling up really old tweets that oh, yeah. he'd written oh, and yeah and yeah he did say that and that was bad at the time but mm. he's a different person now and that's right he's apologized he's He's made a point of speaking about how he felt and his growth, and we got to give him a bit of that's right space to kind of apply yeah. that, apply that data and feedback to who he is now moving that's forward. That's right. That's right. No, it, it's I don't know if you listened to the interview with Mark Maron and, and W. Kamel um, about the documentary on Cosby, and he was saying what was amazing about doing the documentary was he still feels the feelings that he had watching Cosby growing up and he can still say it's terrible what Cosby did. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, holding yeah. all these different places, do you know, on the, the, the yeah. picture. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important for us as humans to be able to make those distinctions. That's it. Holding all the differences, do you know, in the picture. And he said, you know, he said it was a real risk for him to do a documentary on Cosby 
because some people were saying you're betraying black community and some people are saying different things and different things and he put himself on the line but he just felt it was important to talk about that's still precious to me and that was wrong and I want to be able to uh, I felt well, he felt it was his duty to do it actually you want to um have as much sort of time and space to be able to open conversations that's it speaking is important and I think when we get to a point where we double down on our opinion and just say you know what I'm right you're wrong whatever it's about I mean I feel like now we've kind of you know in lockdown where everyone was quite polarized with how they felt regarding the vaccine oh yeah and uh, people were really like we were losing we were losing friends and relationships. And I remember me me and my sister have like some different opinions regarding that. And I remember saying to my sister, I was like, I think the biggest protest that we can make at the moment with the current situation is to make sure that we are still in contact with people that have different opinions from us. That's what's important. Like that's the real protest right now is kind of being like, you know what? I don't agree with what you're saying. This one thing. But then there's a bunch of things that I like about you and you've got a different opinion to me. And it's probably important that we talk for me and for you. Right. That doesn't mean that our job is to change the other person's point of view, but at least just listen. That is just so stunning because this is the unity in difference. This is the nonviolence in unity, because this is the thing with sometimes discussions about inclusion. Uh, which inclusion is exceptionally important and how do we include people but there can be inclusion where if you don't agree with me you're out right and it's like like which doesn't create inclusivity and it's kind of like you know how to you know I just love that it's just really uh it's and and we are entering a different time I think you know uh well I think I think now there's like we understand that you know what we need connection man we've missed other human beings we really need it yeah we need we need to be talking to strangers and stuff like I'm sure everyone was exhausted with their bubble and now it's like it's time to meet other people and yeah I think that that's you know one of the what I see from my point of view is especially on the comedy scene where there's a, a, a lot of white male comics kind of uh, pushing back and like leaning to the right or talking about how exhausting woke culture is. Ultimately, what it is, is that you're not well versed in having to check yourself. That's right. And, and most of us that are black, brown, um, East Asian, trans, gay, um, queer like we we are well versed in things not going our way and we have a language um and an understanding of what that is and being able to I just think we're a bit more well versed in sort of holding on to who we are and our identity even when the current is not working with our favor that's right it's a it's actually a strange privilege to be the outsider not that it's great not that we don't want people to be included but when you're the outsider, I remember a friend of mine writes a lot of sociology books, which looks at society and it's mixed with fashion and design and looks at what happens with fashion and design in terms of people's perspectives. And he's treated by certain communities as if he's their godfather. And I said, I saw this because he's written about certain communities. And he went, 
I could never be an insider and write those books. You have to be an outsider to, to observe uh, things. If you're inside, you don't observe, you, you don't see the perspective. Do you, mean, do you mean just like the cog of society? Is that is that so what, what I mean is that I give, I, I give you an example. Uh, I remember watching this uh, series on Netflix on uh, Jewish comedy in America. And what they said is when uh, comedy was really starting off, it was a lot of white Christian men who were the comics uh -huh. and they would laugh about slipping on a banana as a comic joke and the Jewish comic would come in and go why are you wasting a banana right 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 and they said the reason why one of the reasons why the Jewish the Jewish comics had this extra is because they were the outsider so they had this outsider's perspective yes which the insiders who were perhaps more comfortable perhaps more you know had that privilege of being more comfortable they were like they they said jokes from a certain perspective which might then seem hack the outsider comes in and then they give this different perspective and yes it, it's suddenly much more exciting That's I what understand I'm, what I'm saying I, yeah. I understand what you mean which is like the more removed you are from a situation you see the, the, you've got this more... different view yeah. Right, right. I think it's kind of like, I guess, if you're in a play and you're playing the lead, you only know what your part is. But if you're, you know, if you're That's in a right. situation where you're playing an extra or a bit further removed, you've got more time to watch the whole play. So you yeah. understand everyone else's You, you actually, role. yeah, you get the 360 view. Mm. And so in some ways, you know, the black person, the brown person, the woman, the trans person, Often they're seeing more than the person who's absolutely settled in the, the whole yeah. scene. Yeah. And there's this, there's this absolute genius and, and power once that person speaks, because they're seeing all these different sides of the. Yeah. Well, I coin. think as well is that the, the you know, um, people that are outside this inner circle um, are speaking whether they're being listened to or not. Yeah, right. That's because right. it's that's important. Right. That's right. And um, and yeah, that's I, I mean, from my point of view, you know, I can't I, I can only kind of speak for myself. But I do think that sort of some of uh, some of this sort of pushback, especially in comedy, I'm just kind of like, yeah, well, I, yeah, I just yeah, I don't know. I'm just sort of like, <laughs> stop being a little bitch. <laughs> what them? Do you mean them? Yeah. 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 <laughs> But but it's so powerful to hear you, you know, it's so uh, I had a granny who made telly and made uh, films. And uh, some of the things she did was she put first black people in telly in, in, in the UK, in the UK, in soap opera, soap opera. But it was very 1950s, 1960s, very racist. And it was like quite a thing to do. She had to kind of argue certain things. White, she put unmarried mothers in. They didn't. They didn't like it in the BBC. Mm. They wanted they wanted everything a certain way. Mm. And she fought and she was tough as nails, mm. tough as nails. But I kind of feel like and I, I, you know, she might not have managed it without being tough as nails. She might not yeah, have managed to make guess, certain changes, do you know? I think as well, like, um, you know, when you stand up for yourself, it, it doesn't feel great. It's not like right. how it's yeah. shown. Yeah. You know, in sort of yeah. like movies where it's like everyone's like, fucking yeah, like it's quite isolating. It's yes. lonely and it makes you question yourself. Yeah. 
you know, because yeah. you're going on something that, you know, like, for instance, talking about that moment at the um, at the comedy store. Right. Like, uh, you know, like I just kind of going, well, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm being a nuisance, but this is Got this it. is what's right for me. But it doesn't feel great at the time. Nice. But I know what I'm doing is the right thing for me. Is it making me feel like I'm um, I'm I'm one with this? With, with this lineup no do you know what I mean I do so how do you prepare yourself for that how do you I mean I saw I saw what happened to my granny and I think she she learned she kind of like what she said was she said you're not telling me this isn't how life is when it was to do with unmarried mothers suicides uh, mm. black pe- putting black people that ch- putting things in that it wasn't how it was it was very white you know it was very she said you're not telling me this isn't real life and so she said, this is not natural. And that's how she argued it. How do you find that strength? You know, when it doesn't feel like, oh, you know, you know how, because I've done the opposite and it, that feels worse. Right. Like I've been accommodating. Yeah. I've things slide. Yeah. I've had people say things that I know is underhand, convoluted, but, you know, like a garnish of racism, blatant racism, sexism, like, um, you know, and I've, I've, I've let it slide because I didn't have the confidence to speak up and it, it has plagued me Got it. for years. And it. now it's not worth it to me. Got like it. it's not worth it. Me not feeling uncomfortable for a short amount of time or yeah. speaking up and making maybe you feel uncomfortable for a short amount of time. Yeah. Because the other side of that is me hating myself. Oh, this and is I amazing. Just, that's amazing. Like, I, but that's why it's not like, yeah, man, I just like wake up and I'm like, you know what? No, no, like, no. Yeah, it's like, no, I know because I've you done know the, the opposite. You I've know done the, the con- opposite and yeah. it's fucking embarrassing, man. Yeah, and it's totally. like, it's embarrassing. You feel ashamed of yourself and not because anyone cares, especially if you're in a room full of white people, not that yeah. anyone cares. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. know, but you no. know. No. And, and so the way to do that is to kind of, you know, be able to like seek counsel with your friends and your family, yeah. people that you trust and that want to empower you. But yeah, it doesn't, it, that, that, that's how you learn not to do that. Cause you do it and you're like, you brilliant. just fucking hate yourself for it. And brilliant. Really damaging. No, it's so beautiful, but there's still like a powerful shift, which obviously I know you've spoken to getting therapy and, and you've spoken to having community in New York, like the, the the black women comics and you have them here, but you've spoken to it being like able to hang out in New York. So I you imagine- know what? Not even just like, not, not even like black female comic, but just like people that you relate to, right? Yeah. So just like, just, just being able to, you know, just like respect some friendly competition and just having a sense of community so you don't feel like you're the only one in the room amazing amazing so so does that mean like um you know that there's support for you to keep being more you and keep being more you kind of thing you know what it is right you know like you know like when someone you know like these like subtle little gaslights that just happen in society every day yeah, right. they call them microaggressions. Microaggressions, mm. yeah. When you get to like look at someone else and be like, yeah, that's happening, right? Mm. Can you see that? Well, mm. should we say something? That mm. doesn't necessarily mean the person has to be a woman or a black woman 
or you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, someone just, who's just pick- like you, but it could be, yeah. you know, yeah. like for me, there was times where, you know, I've had that with Catherine. He's like a white wealthy woman. Do you know what I'm saying? Or I'm like, what the? And, th- and then there'd be times well, she's where she's received. She's got some, mic- she's received. It's not, it's not even like when you can see that someone's like got your back. That's what it is. It doesn't necessarily, you know, I've had that, like the, I'm doing a show at the moment. Um, and I did, um, uh, we did a pilot um, for this show that I'm writing and ah. we've got a director and it's, it's a straight white director, male d- director. And there was a few times where we'd be in kind of casting rooms and chatting to, you know, actors or whatever. And I'm there as a writer and also the creator and also an actor. And there were times where just like there'd be a man in the room and he'll just just talk to the director and just kind of cancel yeah. me out and be asking yeah. him questions that I can answer. And he would just bring me into the conversation. And he, I'd be the, like, direct, the director Thanks. Did. Yeah, I just feel like thanks. Not that look, I can stand up for myself. That's no, not no, an no, issue. No, no, but there's no. times, there's times where you just think I can't be asked to be no, honest. No, no, no. This, this, this is the seams, isn't it, that makes life so much smoother and mm. makes it doable to have that courage to go. I'm not opening, right? If 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 you know there's supports on the way, if it's not yeah. all hard work, right? It's right. Yeah, all, and sometimes you know? you're just like, do you know what? I can't. Like this isn't worth. No, it's not worth my energy right now. No, Someone no, else no, is no, just no. like, yeah, don't worry, I got it. And it's like, no. nice. No, Thanks. helpful. Helpful because you don't want to be the captain and rowing the boat and operating the machine. And do you know what I mean? Like, it's like sometimes it's exhausting, it, man. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. exhausting. You know, I, I hope you don't mind me asking because it's just because you're in New York for years doing comedy. Did you meet David Tell? Yeah, I did. And you know what? I didn't like meet him to talk to, but he'd come into the stand uh, comedy club quite a bit. And uh, yeah, there's I, I, I was about to go on stage once and um, he'd come in and they were like, oh, he's going on first. And I actually had a bit of a meltdown. I was like, how am I going to follow? Oh, this guy? I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh my yeah, God. yeah, 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 yeah. He's really good. He's yeah. amazing. I'm a big With- fan. Yeah, because I heard he's very kind as well. And I he's heard really he's, nice. Yeah. Like, like very warm. I didn't speak to him. Right. The times when I've been at gigs where he's there, primarily at the stand, right. he's nice, you know, like he's not, yeah. like you don't feel inadequate around him. Brilliant. That's what I heard. And it kind of speaks to, you know, people who are the best often, not always, not always, but sometimes they've, like you were speaking to Gloria Steinem, you know, that these people have grown and developed and shifted and got boundaries and limits, but they're also kind. Yeah. They're also yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. you know, which is, you know, uh, you know, let me check out then. Cause you're obviously doing a show. Cause I was wondering whether you watched Alma's not normal. Sophie Willen. Have you, no, have you seen that I've, show? I've only seen one episode and I actually like, I tried out for a part, which um, I think T- Tanya Moore got, cause you know, the best woman wins. And, oh, uh, bless you, bless you. No, it's true, it's true, yeah, man. Yeah, she's yeah, she's yeah, a fine yeah. actor. Yeah, she's yeah, very yeah, funny yeah. and yeah, like she yeah. deserves she deserves all, all, all the flowers, right? Yeah, she's been yeah. working really that's hard. That's nice. That's but, nice. Um, but yeah. I remember reading a uh, part for it and I was like, oh, this is really good. 
And yeah. I'm aware of like what she does, but I haven't watched the series. No, because I was just curious whether, you know, you're right. You're so are you. Is that current? You're writing something and you're in. Yeah. Is that yeah. is that based on your life or is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it is. Everything is, isn't it? You just well, mind so perfect, much. Perfect. You mind so much that you're like, wow, I need to get out and do some more living so I can continue. Oh, to do this mind. <laughs> I know. How do you do that? How do you balance? You know, because obviously, right, you've got this. HBO show you've got the Duchess you've got stand-up you've got you know and you're traveling around with stand-up mm. are you doing Edinburgh I'm not doing Edinburgh this no, year no, no, I was no. just supporting Catherine Ryan on tour which was which has been fun wow yeah, wow, wow, wow. yeah. so how do you and you're doing a show which you've written and you're in and yeah how yeah. do you yeah I mean I do you know what I'm trying to work it out and yeah, I, course, you know what I'm not course. sure if I'm doing the best job of it at the moment because yeah. I'm doing kind of press for the baby I'm yeah. writing in the middle of the day and I'm and I'm doing gigs at night and wow. I don't think I'm acing all three of these things so I, I don't know actually I think there comes a point where you probably just are gonna like for me I feel like I'm gonna have to except that I can't spin all these plates and in order for me to be really good I'm gonna have to you know eliminate a couple of things and concentrate yeah. on one thing yeah so, yeah yeah but I, yeah, I don't know how not well at the moment <laughs> well I mean it the, the I love Stuart Lee and I, I remember him saying you know when he had kids because he was used to being able to take like uh a long time over making a show you know but mm. he'd make these he'd make these really really intellectual shows which skipped half the audience and then he got kids and he only got half an hour here half an hour there to write and then he'd do his meta you know his meta comedy like yeah all these meta concepts but he'd then write down the accessible bits and relate to the audience whether they got bits or not and suddenly he went huge because people could relate not just to yeah. the intellectual nerdy comedy bit, but he made bits more accessible. And what I suppose I'm speaking to is, I suppose you're learning on the job, aren't you? You're, these things are coming in and you're learning how to manage your life at the yeah. same time as doing it. You're, something's in the learning curve. Yeah. Of it all, isn't and I it? Think, yeah. And I think at the moment I'm struggling because I'm doing a certain amount of press and, yeah. um, and I'm, I don't normally have, Instagram on my phone and stuff like that and I've fallen into a really weird kind of oh, yeah. um thing of of like uh like a sort of like compulsion dopamine hit with uh reading yeah. reviews of and I don't, I'm not someone who would like normally google themselves but of there's course. something about me not being me in this for this acting role obviously the show's out in America yeah um where I've got into sort of doing press reading reviews and looking on Instagram and actually what I'm finding is in order to do a show like what I'm writing is I need to be able to let my imagination flourish and basically do some like long form thinking and I'm kind of fucking that up a bit by having these little ego hits so I don't really know how to move forward with I mean I know how basically I've got to stop checking my phone and going on Instagram and stuff but it's yeah. this weird like um yeah it's yeah. this weird like dopamine hit at the moment yeah. which isn't there's no foundation in it it's not nourishing 
yeah long term it's quite distracting but it makes you feel good on these little hits and it's making it quite tricky I've got to find a way to remove myself from that so I can um so my imagination can flourish because right now I'm getting a bit centered around like me (laughs) yeah it makes I mean what's it like when you're on that when you're Instagram getting the dopamine hit what's it like um it it feels like um it's like smoking a cigarette right which weird love you, I've does, just yeah. picked up again and I think it's like I'm talking to my therapist about it and, and she was like they're like compulsions I was like yeah it's kind of like the same sort of loop yeah which is like how can I make myself feel better really quickly but it right. doesn't have any long-term benefit but it's just enough yeah. to distract you got it so it's like short-term pleasure rather than long-term pleasure it's like a, a short-term yeah. So, so it's short, that, it's short term pleasure as opposed to long term satisfaction and yeah, nourishment that takes it. more effort got it. and more focus. Got it. So it makes sense, though, doesn't it? With when you're saying that, you know, I can't remember the plan of the day, but it was like afternoon was writing, nighttime was stand up, something morning else was, I've been doing like press stuff. Right. It makes sense. It sounds like. There's not much room for the long-term pleasure at the moment. It's, so it's, it makes sense that part of you is resourcing with short-term pleasure. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Because sometimes if we can make sense of it and befriend it and like mm-hmm. not, not put it down, not shame it and like make sense of it, it can be like there could be another option. Maybe like you said, with looking yeah. at your day and also being compassionate. Maybe right now, right now, just for today, you're doing the best with how that you've only got two minutes maybe for a little bit of short-term pleasure maybe yeah yeah and to be kind about that and then maybe there might be more room for the well how Mm. would I create the satisfying do you know what I mean and I think it's like the instant gratification you know when you do impress and being quite like yeah you know nice and it's it's a bit like doing a modeling job and then um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. of course you want to speak well of the show and you want to give it the best kind of yeah. start it can have, right? Yeah. And then stand up, also instant gratification. Oh, like of course. People either laugh or they don't. Yeah, of course. And then I think switching to like long form thinking in the middle of the day is just not, it's not happening at the moment. I mean, it is, but it's taking a lot more kind of, it's so, a bit more of a battle. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? And sometimes like maybe... You know, it's like if, if, if I can't think, oh, how would I do that? Maybe someone else can help me slow down and go, OK, do you know what I mean? And make sense, help me make, you know, like because it sounds like you you've put lots of people in place for lots of things. So it's kind of mm. so maybe first thing is just like, oh, man, I'm looking for short term hits at the moment because my day is so packed. Yeah, I'm literally thinking that as I go to the co-op and go and get a packet of fags. <laughs> But it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It, it does. does make sense that that's that at the moment, because what they say is like, like if you can get to the point where you can put more well-being in. Yeah, it might change. But maybe right now it's that sounds like a packed day. It doesn't sound easy I, to have the. Yeah, I do. Space. So sometimes having like an intellectual understanding of why you're doing things emotionally can be a massive hindrance to actually you know taking how you feel on board because you kind of go yeah I get it I know why I'm doing it 
Yeah. And you think that's enough. And it's like, that's no, not then enough. No, then there's more stages. That's exactly. right. That's exactly. That's why that's a stage one. Yeah. But yeah. not but not punishing, I think, is quite helpful to start the stage. Because if I'm in the polarization of, I shouldn't, no, I will. No, I wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? It's like. That's then you can never get off the hamster wheel, can part, you? But you're right. That's stage one. Then you've got to then you got to work with it, haven't you? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Baby but you know, steps. Baby steps. Now, what what. You know, being back in Britain, because you were doing stand-up in New York, does it feel like you're pulled to New York or you feel like, no, things happening here, so this is where I am? Or, well, HBO's in America, so that's interesting. So you're, yeah. you're, so you're in a way across. I know, it's weird. I think, um, I mean, it, it's out in America first and then it'll be out here on Sky in July. So I, I feel like, um, I mean, I've... Although I've lived in New York for most of my adulthood, I never was someone who would say I was a New Yorker. I've always felt like such a Londoner. But mm. the truth is, culturally, definitely more so a New Yorker than I was a Londoner. And I think, you know, when you live in a different country, you can kind of sort of coast on, you almost become a sort of caricature of your identity and how it started. And so, coming back I've just had to like I've just been out of touch but I sound like such a London I never lost my accent and I just I guess I've just been getting reacquainted with things there's a lot of things that I didn't get at first sort of culturally and definitely in stand-up because the beat of stand-up comedy is different here and when we first started you was like oh you take up a lot of room on stage and I think that that is a very sort of New York trait as far as doing comedy and so coming back I um and also we're just so classist here as well you know there's kind of you know there's like that happening as well so yeah it's just it's just taken a bit of a readjustment and just to like reconnect because you found it wasn't so classist in New York different it's not a classist it's just not a classist country it is new money is new money. There isn't really old money. I guess the closest thing that you would go to old money would be, you know, like Jackie Onassis or something like that, or the Kennedys or, you know, even Trump, although with all his ridiculous wealth is like, that's new money. New money is, I feel like in this country, we respect an old title and zero money oh, over yeah. actual, yeah. Good point. actual money. Oh yeah. And good so, point. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. we also get to hide uh, racism in class you know and that's not really the case there I don't necessarily think that America is more racist than England it's just they're a lot more bloody blatant about it and they've got less history to cover it up with ah, that's and then so also as a British as a British person because they love Britain um, especially in the south I think that my Britishness uh, superseded my blackness in a lot of ways so there was a lot of privilege um where that was concerned so, you know so I think yeah. there were some things that well I just had an easier ride of it out there because um because I was British so interesting and you know like things like Bridgerton obviously you know like where they've they've cast black people in roles that you wouldn't have had in the past and I don't know how you feel about that or whether you'd want to be in Bridgerton or whether that would not speak to you. Or I mean, yeah. I, I, I think I haven't 
I'm, I'm aware of what Bridgerton is and I yeah. think that um, and I, I know that people love it and I think it's great I think what might be slightly I know it was spoken about in the last season that when a show especially a British show is um, hailed and given a loads of credit for having a diverse cast then I think we also have to look at the complexion of that cast and I think that a lot of times especially in this country where someone of my complexion identifies as being mixed race and not black that you're 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 only showing a part of the spectrum and you're getting all the credit when actually um, a lot of the darker skin actors had sort of um, story arcs and um, and, and were kind of on the periphery. They weren't in the central yeah. cast. Actually, in the central cast, everyone is light-skinned. And yeah. I think for a country like England, that's all its history is in colonialism. That yeah. is good, but, I mean, to have a diverse cast, but how diverse is it? It's also a so, little... Such a good point, because, you know, like, uh, I worked, I told you, in the model agent, I worked for Model Swan many years ago, mm-hmm. and I interviewed people from Model Swan recently talking about diversity because if you look at models one now it's it i worked there in the 80s late 80s mm-hmm. you know and, and if you look and of, there was alec weck as you know oh uh, yeah but, yeah a but, friend of mine yeah amazing well so she was part of the change in a way i mean you had you know you had a man in the 70s but you know what i mean it was very yeah but i mean even with alec i mean she's she's a friend of mine and when i when i left london that first time round and i went back to new york i moved in with alec actually she let me live in her house and um and you know it back then it wasn't like she was the start of change there was alec at one end of the spectrum and there was naomi campbell yeah. at the other end of the spectrum yeah. and when i went to new york i oh yeah got a lot of jobs and was cast as the black model in the campaign and uh-huh. really and truly there's still a fair amount of uh-huh. of um of racism in that because I'm super light-skinned got it uh, I'm not fully black got it and for me to be representing everyone yeah that's black the right way to do you know what I mean yeah, it's just totally. kind of like I totally I don't do. know man like so, totally so yeah do. I think like Bridge, ah. I just see a lot of shows where yeah, no, it's, a good, are, it's a good point. Yeah, where they're celebrated in this country for having like a really diverse cast. And I'm like, yeah, but everyone in this cast who yeah. you're saying is is black, which yeah. they are, are also yeah. mixed race. So like also show the full spectrum. Yes, there. very good point. Very good point. No, it's it's. It's a journey, isn't it, all of this? I mean, I'm grateful for the changes, but like you said, you know, sometimes the changes, they aren't thought through. Sometimes it's no, not, I've, in, you know. I think you've got to start somewhere. And yeah. I think that you've yeah. got to, you just got to be able to say as well that like, you know, when people are patting, patting themselves on the back as well, yeah. you've got to be like, look, colorism is a thing, man. Like I'm going to have, oh, yeah. I'm, I, as you know, oh, yeah. Alec Work, amazing. Couldn't have been, just like a better friend to me at Amazing. times but like yeah. I did a lot more commercial jobs than Alec and wow. I, I I'm nowhere near the model she is right and now wow. she's having a moment where she's really getting the flowers for her hard work in wow. the fashion industry but wow. when we first started 
or when I started, which was a few years after Alec, yeah. Alec do most of her make most of her money in um, campaigns, but on shows, right? For shows, whereas someone like me would come in and do loads of commercial work. You just wow. kind of got to look at like, you wow. know, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, some of these no, things no. need a little it's, bit. Of, no, it's all. I feel, I feel, I feel like as well, maybe because of the perspective that I'm coming from, yeah. I, you know should um like I can only speak from where I see it and obviously someone else who's had a different experience is going to have a different feeling so I don't want to talk to anyone else no just like for me personally these are things that I think about I guess to be mindful to like check my own privilege which I know it's so uh, it's so beautiful you know, it's so beautiful to do that because uh, it's like you can and you can be authentic and you can speak to that. And so where some people might miss things, you know things and you can see those layers. And it's like I'm a sex therapist, for example, and there's something called sexual privilege, which yeah. is people who would easily meet a partner. And there are people who don't right. have sexual privilege. Right, wouldn't, right. Wouldn't, wouldn't be so easy for them to meet someone or have a partner or some people mentally they probably shouldn't because it would cause them so much stress so like I just appreciate what you're saying you can speak to noticing the light-skinned dark-skinned you know all about this you've the bias it's it's it's, it's, exactly it's 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 been like it's a bias in the that's definitely been in the fashion industry as far as commercial work and I think that's changing now but I guess yeah like I don't I just definitely wouldn't want to be speaking for anyone but myself because that's that's also you know very very appropriate and you are speaking right because that's the other thing for bad to happen only good people need to shut up that's right know, yeah 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 you know, yeah. Like, you know like even what you're saying about like um sexual privilege yeah is that um yeah like that's all you know coming from a modeling background you kind of like my perspective on the privilege that I had in my 20s and now at 41 I'm like I didn't because I chose to like not take it on board and not make it a thing didn't stop it from existing right and it's kind of like now as you know gravity exists and I'm getting older I'm like oh man like oh I can kind of you know have to take that on board as well yeah 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 you get it but 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 what's beautiful I have to say just because I'm familiar with the modeling world a little bit and worked in the modeling world and what's beautiful is and I'd love you to speak to this is somewhere you really took on really growing you and growing your voice whereas some models you know uh and I met them some of them were in the 60s and they still look like they were 20 for some reason some people forever look whatever Mm. and because people will just drop everything to kind of stare at some people Mm. they didn't have to grow a character till much much later they didn't have to grow because they yeah. were so beautiful, everything everything would happen for them around them. Do you know? Well, we we as a society hold beauty to really high regard. Yeah. And yeah. I wonder now yeah. if that's, you know, where I think when I was modeling um tweakments and 
and um, surgery wasn't where it is now. And I think that's why someone like Kylie Jenner is a billionaire, right? Because what she what she shows is that beauty in um, Western society standards is accessible, right? So you, if you like, when I was modeling, it was kind of a thing of like, you were just born like that, right? You were a bit of a genetic freak. But now our biggest models, um, like Bella Hadid, and you know, they're people that we've watched get surgery. Why we love the Kardashians, even though we absolutely rinse them for their wealth, what we're fascinated by is the fact that they've changed the way they look and that is possible, right? And I don't think it was decades before. Wow. So there's something quite fascinating with how beauty was probably seen a decade or two decades wow. ago to how wow. you see it now, right? So there's like an e- equality. Now- there's an equality with, with, in some ways with seeing people work on themselves in that way I think there's an accessible currency with beauty now that's what I would say and so when you see young women in their 20s and they have a similar aesthetic you know they've paid for that aesthetic and I guess beyond that we can speak about western society and how a lot of white women are looking like um you know that they're a different ethnicity but that's like a different sort of conversation although it's relevant but I think at the base level what's interesting is that beauty is accessible in society's baseline standards now and I wonder if that means that we still hold it on such high regard when we see someone else who's stunning and beautiful or if it's because it's more accessible it's more about how we feel about ourselves I don't know I sort of I'm like watching this happen from afar as someone who is not in their 20s anymore you know but who definitely um had that experience of getting a lot of attention for how they looked so interesting and you know I was curious because you're so generous in your podcast you know and you spoke about your agency getting you to have Botox and you spoke about lessening the Botox for acting because you need your face to move so does does Botox like stop if you stop doing it for a bit and so you can act and move your face Botox doesn't last it only lasts Ah, for a couple of months and ah, what it does is means that you can't you know, frown. And so like, for instance, I can raise my eyebrows, but I can't really frown, but I can uh, raise them. I've been to someone who's pretty skilled. And so you can get some movement happening. Uh, um, when you're acting, um, you, I personally, my character, like that, I, I just wouldn't do anything like that while I was playing a role because I'm not being me. My Got personal it. preference Got it. is um, irrelevant if Got you're it. playing a role of someone got it and 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 how would you I mean obviously like you're younger than me so it's like there's all these different times and different eras but like how do you feel about like you know uh growing older or getting wrinkles or embracing that do you know what I mean like is it yeah 
It's it's interesting. I started to feel that I was never that, I never thought as a model, definitely, I never felt that caught up in how I looked, but I definitely had a feeling that I was letting myself down by aging. You know what I mean? Like as a woman, I was just like, I didn't realize even as someone who's modeled and kind of came out unscathed, right? I would definitely have moments where I was just like, because I had Botox from such a young age, Ah. I'd never seen myself Ah. sort of age, right? Yeah, got it. And so when I started doing acting jobs Mm. and I didn't, I could separate myself from like Natasha, who I play, who's just like, she's very expressive and she's very, you know, like she's, pent up and stressed out so she um, doesn't she doesn't have to be beautiful is that what you're saying you could separate do you mean i i can separate how i feel about myself from this character her, that i'm yeah. playing because you i'm like her. this works for yeah, her got it but there were times where i i would sort of like look at myself and just be like i'm really not into the way i look now i know for my age i look good for my age especially considering the lifestyle that i've had but it's just weird man how like Society will play some tricks on you and you'll do it to yourself by totally. not having a realistic relationship of totally of time. And one of the reasons why I try to be open about Botox is because I don't want to do a disservice to like younger women looking at me being like, oh, you look great. I'm like, yeah, no, this isn't just me. Yeah, like, you're being authentic. You're being authentic. Well, you're not, because if I was being authentic, I wouldn't be doing anything. But, right. you know, I mean, like, I at least want to be open about how yeah. inauthentic I am. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, totally, totally. No, it's, it's you know, it's, it, uh, thank you so much, Michelle, for chatting with me. Because I think this, you know, like internalised racism, internalised homophobia, internalised all these things. But this internalised shouldn't age for women, right? And perhaps it's there for men, for everybody, I don't know. But this internalised beauty, age... Do you yeah. know, I and think there's so something many... you're speaking to here. And I think it hasn't necessarily been really, maybe it is, maybe it is really opened up. But I think there's something in this that women have been thinking about what do I look like before? How am I feeling? You know, what do I look you know like? What? What do I, you know? I think that so I was modeling before social media really kicked yeah. off. But yeah. what I'm seeing people experience now, young people, to me is very much like how it was modeling because they've got yes. filters. I That's remember right. this right. moment where That's I right. realized I was just watching all of these people walking around holding a phone up while they were on FaceTime walking down the street. And I was like, wow, everyone all That's of right. a sudden is, a is aware of, of yeah. camera angles That's right. and lighting and how you look best, right? You're so right. And and then on top of that, we have filters. That's on top right. of that, we've got amazing cameras on our iPhones. And what, what's happening is that we're having a walked relationship with our image. So the way a- I feel now is probably a couple of years ahead to the, to the self-loathing that this next generation is going gonna, is gonna to be dealing with. Because it's just a, like an eye... Like I've seen airbrushed versions of myself before people were having filters on cameras and social media. I would walk down the street and see huge posters of myself. And I was like, I don't look like that. But I feel like I'm letting people down who see me in real life 
that I can't. Oh yeah, compete. all that, all the pressure right. for, for meeting you in real life. Oh my right. god! And I think that that is exactly what every person oh my is god. going through now oh with social god. media filters, oh my tweakments, god. Instagram. Like oh we're god. we're all doing it. So how I feel now is probably a pretty um, decent precursor to how other people that are in their 20s now are going to feel by the time they hit my age. I imagine that by the time they get to 41, there'll be even sort of better tweakments in place to, you know, sort of prolong the, uh, well, not prolong, but, you know, kind of uh, shun the evils of gravity. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably, everyone's going to be feeling like this, all these young people that are coming up It's really interesting what you're saying. everyone's a, mo- a lot of people are models in that sense a lot of you know well everyone's so. everyone's going through that process that yeah. was something that only models went through but that's now right. everyone is that's experiencing right that's right that, that so, head fuck <laughs> i know so it's so it's it's weird it's weird you are so right and uh so you know obviously you're in the middle of a lot happening right you're in america you're here you're doing stand-up you're with Catherine. you're in shows on you know and thank you for talking to me so is there like and obviously at some level it sounds like you'd like some kind of shift with space but is there do you feel like it's it's now all and of course you keep having to manage like you did with the comedy store you keep having to you know speak up for things but is there a feeling like it's all now flowing or is there a feeling like actually I'd love it if that happened or this happened no 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 it feels it feels like it's flowing yeah um but with that just comes like anxiety, man. Of course. Just anxious. You just, I just feel anxious. Like it in a way that I didn't feel yeah. when I was worried about, when I was worried about um, money and stuff like that. Yeah. And also I just was someone that was way more motivated and sort of like when my back's against the wall. And when everything's kind of going your way, like I'm not totally sure how yeah. to adjust to that this setting. But it's such good. a good, it's good point. It's such a good point because people get so kind of like, you know, uh, waiting, 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 waiting until they get to the point where I imagine you might be now. And actually, it's like, well, how, how does this work? How, yeah. do, how, how do you operate in this space? Right? It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm used to working in a bit of a like, you yes. know what? Fuck you. I'll show you. And yes. this ain't that. This no. is like. No, they want you. You're well, wanted. Yeah, in a way. yeah, yeah. It's just the you know you're having a little moment. I don't think yeah. these things last, but yeah, I I I, I don't. Um, it feels it feels good in some ways and quite nerve wracking in others, just because um, just because your anxiety spikes and totally. And also, I think in this sort of stage, there's like less people to chat to about it without yeah. sounding like an no 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 that's thing. right do you have do you have like uh p- mentors or people that you can see have gone before you that you that you go oh you know how does this work yeah yeah and also just friends you know yeah. I mean it doesn't have yeah. to be in the no. same situation no. as me but just people no. that you trust exactly so they yeah. can kind of go oh this is what I did in that yeah exactly yeah yeah, exactly. yeah. so in a way you're kind of like in the boat and the boat's yeah. on the water. Yeah. And now you're like, okay, 
I just yeah. gotta I gotta where are we this. going yeah <laughs> I made such a fuss about getting in the that's boat right. I've packed everything and I don't exactly. know where the fuck I'm meant exactly. to be going to so it's kind of all good but it's a little unknown yeah 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 it, yeah. yeah yeah and you kind of go for a sort of feeling of like you sort of you want to like do the best by yourself yeah you know, as in like you want to sort of honor yourself yeah but also you're sort of grappling with like lack of self-worth and yeah. all these kind of things that just yeah, make totally. you think oh fuck it totally. I can't be asked absolutely and that's <laughs> it's just so normal isn't it and understandable and, yeah. and it's so beautiful you speak to this thank you so much for doing this with me because I think that's the thing is that you know people fantasize that when I'm there then yeah. sorted and yeah. actually when I'm there that's when the real stuff happens in a way because you're having to deal with not do I have enough money to pay that bill but actually how do I handle the feelings yeah. the anxiety and the unknown yeah yeah I was talking to my therapist about this because I, I was I was like nothing's urgent right now and now I've kind of got out this like yeah. fight or flight mode yeah I sort of feel a bit like you know that feather in the yeah. opening of Forrest Gump I'm just like where am what yes. am I is someone yeah. gonna that's who's, right that's is right. it that's like right. what happens now exactly. you know what I mean I, like, to- I totally do because it's yeah. like it's like you know for a long time for most people for one reason or another they're in survival yeah. and then they get to another place. Many people, not every, yeah. many people get to another place. And it's like, oh, dry land. Hang on a second. I, I, yeah. I, I was used to, I'm used to that. Uh, dry land. And it's it's really, it's you know? really hard to make sure that you don't create chaos. Because exactly. It's, so because, tempting. Because so tempting. Yeah. you know what to do in those scenarios. Well, you're so used you to can... that chemical concoction, aren't you? Yeah. You're used to that chemistry. Right. Yeah, it's a little bit of a danger zone. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. good. Look, these are nice problems to have. You know what I mean? It's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. And thank you for this because you're speaking, I think, to, you know, stuff that's so important for people to realize is that, like, you know, this is the humanness, isn't it? That actually, it, when we get what we want, actually, it's kind of like, how do we, how do we be with us? Yeah, when you get with- to that point of like, oh, show them. And then you yes. get there, you're just sort of like, oh, shit. You know yeah. what I mean? It's quite vulnerable. Of, it's quite vulnerable. Yeah, it's know? just a bit of a dangerous place. That's why I was saying with this sort of these little dopamine hits yes. of like going on the net. I'm like, this yeah. isn't sustainable and it's probably no. not good uh, sort of fertilizer for the ego. But no, you know what I mean? But Here know, we are. <laughs> you know, but you know, the funny thing is you're naming it yeah right yeah. I know like there's some other stages of the change right mm. but like sometimes we don't even realize do we we're going along going oh my god I've been to, you know uh, yeah. I don't I don't look at Instagram much because I found I got swallowed by it you know like I don't know how it swallows you it's probably a it's probably designed to swallow no, you. that is it's absolutely and I, designed. I, I, didn't, I didn't stop and I'm like what, what's going on I'm not even into this and I'm you know yeah so it's, I, it's it never ends that's why there's no end yeah. that's it and then yeah. there's videos and then there's people who add music and then there's people who add words. And it's like, you know, what? you know what I think it's like, you know, like when you're at the bus stop and it's got one of those things that tell you the time. Yes, it true. just it keeps on going from one minute to due, one minute to due. And you've been standing there for 20 minutes. You and never there's stop nothing looking. in you right. that goes, I should just walk now because you're like, yeah, but it's 
it says due it's one minute now it's due it's just that like, is exactly what it's like yeah and um part. you know but sometimes I think we do this stuff till we realize we're doing this stuff do you know what I mean like sometimes it's so unconscious isn't it that you yeah yeah it, it swallows you up doesn't it they're so compulsions to they're hold compulsions. your attention exactly. so you don't think for yourself exactly exactly and uh, oh, but Michelle, thank you so much for your generosity, for your so time. Welcome. It's been and really I'm nice talking to you. So lovely to talk. I hope to I haven't you. done too much absolute you, waffling. It's 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 so. been amazing and beautiful and really, really, really generous because you've spoken to so much, which is so important. And your authenticity and openness is just gold. And I just I, I can see why. You are a star and, and, and more is unfolding because, you, you know, uh, it's understandable why other people don't know how to be as authentic as, as you give yourself to others to be. It's difficult for people, but you're, you are that. You're so authentic. So but thank you. You've given me way much. too much credit, but thank you. I appreciate it. It's really good. Really good. Um, send so me a link for this. I will you, send um... you it. I will send you it. It'll be quite soon. And thank you very, very much. And more power to you it's going to keep thank you keep going so thanks so much thank good you. luck Take with the care. podcast yeah. and everything have a lovely day thank you bye. have a lovely day bye so that was michelle de schwart what an incredible human being so embodied so in depth so authentic so real a real real privilege to talk to her and you know I wrote to her out of the blue after seeing her show so I'm a complete stranger to her and she gave me that opportunity and so she also she's she's caring and sharing with you know other people out there which I'm very 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 grateful to her for I hope you found that inspiring. I really did. I think it's really amazing when our heroes, and she's a hero to me because I just adore what she's doing, um, you know, share with us so authentically and, and say, you know, there is a path and you can walk it and don't have to be perfect, but you have to show up and learn things, you know. I just really love that. It's all these mentors and guides and the way they share things. So I hope that um, this gave something to you if you did listen in and if you enjoyed it. I really did, and um, I hope that you look out for her shows, her comedy shows, and also The Duchess and The Baby, and her own show, which she's writing. So, yeah, I think Michelle is a natural, natural icon and superstar, and uh, I'm sure we're going to see more and more and more of her, and uh, sending you love, Michelle. You are brilliant.